like down there at the realtor office, Sister Twyla, and you start getting those closings and they start piling up. It's nice for the boss to say, you know, Twyla, you sure have been doing awful good on those closings. You've done so good. We've had so little complaint. In fact, we've had no complaints. You're so, you're so awesome. You're so incredible. And I, I tell you what, we're, going, we're just going to give you a bonus right now. Huh? Praise. Praise is pleasant. It's something that is attractive. It's something that draws your attention. And if you want the attention of the Lord, then you take that same dynamic and you put it toward the Lord because he created you for one sole purpose and that was to praise him, to magnify. Oh, I wish somebody would get with me right now to magnify his name and begin to brag on him and say how good had he's been and begin to remind him as if he needs reminding of all of the things that he's accomplished in your life. Oh, hallelujah, because praise is comely. It's attractive unto the Lord. You want the Lord around you? Then start bragging on him. If you've been feeling like you can't hold your head up, then start bragging on God. Start praising the Lord. Start lifting up his name and saying how good he is. He will show up and you'll feel the presence of almighty God. Somebody in the house ought to be a praise maker. Go ahead and make a little praise. Go ahead and say, I am going to be one awesome praise maker. I'm going to praise my God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Over in Psalm 34, he said, I will bless the Lord just when I'm feeling good. I'll bless the Lord when I'm blessed. I'll bless the Lord when I feel good. I'll bless the Lord when I feel God. I hate to break it to you, but there are times that God steps into the shadows and he says, I choose for you not to feel me right now. And that's when you have to go to Psalm 34 and you begin to speak of what saw the Psalm of David as David penned these words in a song. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, when the bad times, God's still good. I remember when the Lord moved and I'm gonna praise him for it. I'm gonna thank him for it. I'm gonna let him know that I'm appreciative of what he's done in my life. Glory to God. 
I'll never forget the time we were down to our last pot of beans. I never thought I'd have hard luck stories until I got married. Has nothing to do with Sister Moats. Don't go telling her. But it's something about getting married. You know, when you get married, you think you got all the answers. Brother Charles, you didn't have that kind of an attitude, did you? Surely you didn't. Oh, if you had any questions, all you got to do is just go to Brother Charles. He had, back then, he had the answer. Might not have been right, but it's the answer. Same way with me. Oh, I had all the answers, or at least I thought I did. But life has a way of letting you know that you really don't have any answers but him. He's the only one that's really got the answers. We're down to our last pot of beans. I've told this story before, but I feel impressed with the Lord to tell it again. It's down to our last pot of beans. We had no more food in the house. It was cooking on the stove. And Sister Moats and I were talking. We had two of our three boys with us at that time. We were in Snyder, Texas. The home of the white buffalo. Those that's been to Snyder. And while we're talking, she got distracted. And then I said, what's that I smell burning? And with a cry of anguish, she jumped up and she ran into the kitchen. She started sobbing. She says, they're burned, they're scorched. And I walked past my wife. And I walked out to the post office or to the box, mailbox for no particular reason, just going to get the mail, just keep my mind always going on in the house. And I opened that mailbox door and reached in there. And there was an envelope. I didn't recognize the address, return address. And I opened up that envelope. And there was a check for $300. I want to give praise to my God. I'm bragging on him right now. Oh, and when I start bragging on him, <laughs> I feel something begin to move in my spirit as I brag and I praise my God. Praise is comely. Hey, you want to feel more of God? Then start bragging on him more. You want to feel more of God? Then start lifting up his name more. You want to feel more of God? Then call on his name and say, God, you're good and your mercy endures forever. Glory to the Lord. In my travels, years in the 70s, my dad evangelized and preached from church to church. In those days, there were no rest nights, and an average revival was two weeks. And, of course, they got their rest night after we were gone. But uh, when we would go to the very next place, and there was no gaps. For a solid year, we went to church with no nights off. 
There was the, one of the first churches that we went to. It was Brother Son Warbington's church in Kendrick's Ferry, Louisiana. And I've asked a little help from our media to kind of give you a visualization of what Brother Son Warbington looked like. Now, this is a little older picture of him in the 60s. I, I met him. This is more like what he looked like right here by the time I met him in 1975. He's gone to his reward now. But Brother Son Warbington was a true man of God. And he used to sing a song. I called his son last night, pastors in Paragool, Arkansas, northern Arkansas. His name is James Warbington. And I asked him about this song because I remember hearing it in the course of the revival. I said, Brother Warbington, do you remember your dad singing this song? And he says, oh, yes, that was his flagship song. He received the Holy Ghost in the 40s, and this song traces back to somewhere in the 20s. And... The song, it goes like this, just the chorus. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. One way or another, the Lord will provide. And he said, have you heard the verses? I said, I, I probably did, but I don't remember them. I said, send them to me. And he said, this is the way that they'd call out the first line and, and then everybody else would repeat back. I've had a good experience, and everybody would say, I had a good experience. I'm saved and baptized. I've given up to Jesus, and the Holy Ghost abides. I'm walking with my Savior, and if I have to ride, in some way or another, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. One way or another, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. One way or another, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide one way or another. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide one way or another. The Lord will provide. You can give God praise. I said you can give God praise because he's going to provide one way or another the Lord is going to provide. Talking to my mom about this, I said I plan to speak this in the morning. She said, well, let me tell you a little story that happened in that revival. I'd forgotten about it. You have to understand, in 1975, I was only 10 years old. And uh, Dad had gone over to pray in the course of the day. And uh, 
spread out his bills. That's, that's kind of how he did things. Car note was due and didn't have any money for it. So he spread his car note out there on the, on the altar. $283.33. Lord, now I don't have the money. But you know I need my car. I'm asking you to provide it, Lord. I don't know how. I'm asking you to provide it. And service that night, Brother Son Warmington, he took up the regular offering. And then just before he was to turn the service over to Dad to preach, he says, I feel impressed of the Lord. The Lord has just spoken to me. He said, normally I don't, I don't visit with the moats during the day. My mother taught us uh, correspondence school. So they're very busy. And so we generally we will visit after service. So I don't deal with them in the daytime at all. He said, but I feel impressed of the Lord that this family has a financial need. He said, I don't know what it is. He said, but the offering that we just took up a little while ago, he said, that'll go toward the end of the week offering for them. So this has nothing to do with that. He says, there is a specific need. They took up the second offering. Would you care to guess to the penny how much that offering was? $283.00. And 33 cents. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. One way or another, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. One way or another, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. One way or another, the Lord will provide. Are there any praise makers in the house? When things get down to nothing, God is up to something. I said when things get down to nothing, God is up to something. And when you run out of things and you don't know where to turn, why don't you turn to the Lord and say, God, you're still large and in charge and I'm calling on you right now, Lord. I praise your name, Lord. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but I saw you do it here and I saw you do it there and I saw you do it here and I know you're gonna come through. I praise you. Lord, I bless your name. You know what you're doing? You become a praise maker. You're making more praise. Oh, yes. And God is strong. We talk about God drawing the sinner. But the saint of God when he praises God, draws God closer to him. Because praise is pleasant. Praise is attractive 
to God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be continually in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us, and let us, and let us exalt his name together. And I like the next verse. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Oh my God, when I seek the Lord, not only does he hear, he moves. He moves toward me, closer to me and delivers me. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed when you look to the Lord. God changes your outlook. I said he changes your outlook. Oh, you don't have to be ashamed. There's no shame in the presence of the Lord. When you get in God's presence, you can feel the drawing of the Lord. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. But then he says, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Why don't you taste and see of the goodness of the Lord? Let your senses pick up on that goodness that is here right now. We've been talking about him. We've been bragging about him. We've been talking about the mighty things that he's done in the past. And he shows up and you can feel his presence. Why? Because praise is comely. It draws God to you. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save as such to be of a contrite spirit. I'm almost done. In the book of Acts, Paul and Silas have been put in prison. What were they doing in prison? Woe is me, Brother Charles. How am I going to pay my bills up in here in this place? Mama's going to start missing me at the while. What am I going to do up in here? Is that the way they were doing? The 25th verse gives us a clue. And at midnight, 
somewhere in the middle of the night in this deep, dark dungeon. It wasn't like the modern prisons. You know, I've been in prison services before and jail ministry and prison ministry. And, you know, those federal prisons, there are some of them places, you know, they're a lot nicer than some of those thugs I've ever seen. That's why they break the rules to get back in there. Honestly, it's the truth. Heard of more than one story where they give them a bus ticket. They go down to the bus station to go home and they commit a robbery so they can go right back. But it wasn't the case here. Substandard place kept no doubt where the rats were running. And here we find in the darkness probably very little light. There's two preachers at midnight. Paul and Silas prayed. And when they got to the point where they were finished up with their praying, they said, okay, well, we prayed. Enough said, I've prayed my prayer for the night. You know, a lot of times that's why we mess up. We get to praying and when we get done with our wish list, and we think, well, that's that. Okay, God, you do your thing. I've done mine. No. No, there needs to be something else happen. You pray until you touch heaven. And if praying, you get to a point where you run out of words to pray, start singing. They sang praises unto God. They didn't sing songs unto God. Hello, they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. The foundations of the prison was shaken immediately. All the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. These men began to sing praises unto God. Let me tell you something. When you find yourself so low that you don't know what to pray, find a good godly song and begin to sing it. There's one that kind of comes to mind. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide one way or another. The Lord will provide. It's over 100 years old. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide some way or another. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. One way or another, the Lord will provide. I'm beginning to feel something move in the building right now. As we begin to sing praises unto the Lord, we know that he's able and we thank God. It's a testimony of faith. When you are a praise maker, you're giving a testimony of faith unto the Lord of what he has done and that which he shall do. I wish somebody would get on their feet and begin to magnify God and give him praise in the house and say, God, you're worthy. I lift you up. I give you the glory and the honor. (laughs) 
Lift him up. Lift him up. Lift the name of Jesus higher. Lift him up. Raise the banner to the sky. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. Lift him up. All you people, lift him up.